welcome back to the podcast. And I am your host, Emily Grace of Guide to Wholeness. And I'm so excited to share this week's guest with you, who is Mary Kethia Kwon. And she is a somatic coach certified in trauma recovery and somatic experiencing. And she's the CEO and founder of Sincerely Miss Mary. She facilitates trauma-informed DEI leadership training to professionals in mental health, education, and service-driven organizations through writing for emotional and nervous system regulation. And I am a huge fan of writing to heal, and I think you will learn so much from today's episode around her methodology and how you can implement this in your own life. Is the creator of the Embodied Storytelling Framework, a writing modality she taught to over 100 trauma survivors and recently trained over 100 licensed therapists, coaches, and healers for the Somatic Experiencing International Institute. And she is now on a mission to bring wellness writing to schools through her new program, Write and Release. So you can learn more about this program and Mary on her website, sincerelymissmary.com slash write and release and on Instagram, sincerelymissmary. And I've also linked in the show notes, these links as well as her crowdfunding campaign and her LinkedIn. So be sure to check her out there. And I hope you enjoy today's episode. So welcome to the podcast, Mary. I am so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you. So thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, yeah, it's great. This is a bit of like our catch up as well. And, you know, yeah. we have are coming back together and I'm so excited to hear about, um, I know that you've been studying uh, a lot of um, somatic coaching and trauma recovery work, and I'd love to hear from you and for my listener to understand what um, led you to that type of work. Yeah. So I don't, did I ever tell you how I got into this work? I don't think so. Um, Yeah. So it it all came from my writing journey. So I was living in New York city as a fashion designer. I was working at Tommy Hilfiger. I I was working in fashion for nine years. Um, So I was at the peak of my career but in my personal life, I was experiencing a lot of trauma. I was experiencing a lot of what they call it, re-traumatization, when you're kind of repeating things from your past, from your childhood. And that's what was happening at the time. Like I was suffering from PTSD and I had no idea I had PTSD and I had a PTSD episode. Um And that led me to go to therapy and I just did CBT therapy. I didn't know which one to do. I just like looked on ZocDoc and I was like, this one looks good. Um, And not knowing that my CBT therapy was trauma-informed, complex PTSD-informed, generational trauma-informed, systemic trauma-informed. I had no idea. Um, And I just like started going there. And um, after the first session, I was just like, bawling and just like trauma dumping. She told me, she recommended I start journaling on my phone. And I, at that point, I couldn't feel anything. I was just in this very deep state of depression because I was just, you know, 
re-traumatizing myself through my experiences in fashion in this very like abusive relationship that I couldn't feel anything. So she was telling me that whenever I felt any emotion to just write it on the notes app in my phone. And so, you know, like being a New York's New Yorker, like I'm filled with lots of rage. So like <laughs> the couple of first things that I remember writing was just like getting bumped on the street and writing like, fuck you, like in my notes app, because that was the <laughs> one primary emotion that was coming out was rage. And so all of this rage when anger was coming out. And so I just started like pouring into the notes app of my phone. And it was to like my abusive ex at the time, because we were still dating and living together, trying to make things work. And it was to like previous abusive fashion leaders that I had in really toxic work environments and all of this like, like old, like rage was just coming up to the surface because I, I didn't allow myself to feel it. And I just remember that time of my life being so cathartic because I just felt like such a menace in my own life. Just like, Oh my God, I feel so like rebellious, like writing, like, could I swear on this podcast? Yes, you can. Okay. Just writing like, fuck you to the world, <laughs> to like everyone yes. that like treated me so poorly. It was like my, my time of like reclaiming my power, um, through writing and that evolved into poetry. Cause I started writing reading like Rupi Carr and like R.H. Sen, all these like modern poets. And so my, my words became like more, more of a craft. And I started, you know, writing poetry. And then all of a sudden I had like 500 modern poems. So I made anonymous Instagram account and started gaining a following on that. And then eventually like I, I started writing personal essays and my passion shifted from fashion to writing. And I was, I started writing personal essays for thought catalog at work and like switching my screen when my boss walked by and be like, Oh, I'm designing bags. Yeah. Like totally. And like not writing. (laughs) (laughs) And so like that eventually evolved into me, um, making a big decision to leave the fashion industry during the pandemic. Um, and, pursuing writing. And I had no idea what that was going to look like. I didn't have any savings. I was just like, I just have to follow my body um, Mm -hmm. and see where this goes. And so that led me to becoming a freelance writer, writing for life coaches, writing, writing for therapists. And eventually I got to a place where I was like, oh, like I've published like almost like a hundred personal essays and poems online. I have a process. I really want to teach this to people. Um, I was also jumping on TikTok and starting to go viral on there and like sharing like my like healing from abusive relationship like advice. And so like getting like a community on there made me feel more like more of an expert to like teach. And what I really wanted to teach was how to write your story and heal from it. So from there, I like launched my first program, didn't know what the hell I was doing, called it Trauma Writing Mastermind, which is so bold. (laughs) (laughs) from someone who like like not yet like just you know I was just entering like the mental health space um and I got all these trauma survivors that wanted to come write their stories and so I was teaching them my process and realizing like okay I actually need to get certified and like study trauma recovery so I got certified in integrative somatic trauma therapy 
that year while also serving like clients that were trauma survivors. And then I got accepted into the somatic experiencing practitioner program. And that was really exciting. So that learning about that was just kind of um, affirming things that I had already taught with, with my students, but giving me a solid framework and allowing me to go deeper in with clients and actually teach them like tangible tools on how to like stay with your body. And eventually I got to a place where I started getting clients that were, um, had more challenges that I was like, oh, now I have the tools. Like there's a client that's dissociating because she can't write at all. Like, oh, now mm -hmm. I know what to do because I'm learning things from somatic experiencing, which is um, a tool. It's, it's a globally recognized for anyone who doesn't know. Sorry, that was adorable. <laughs> um, for anyone that doesn't know, somatic experiencing is one of the top internationally rec recognized um, trauma healing modalities. And it's all body-based. It's all guiding you to uh, slow your body down, to follow your impulses. And it's this beautiful like song and dance you have with your body and your nervous system and your agency to really like regulate your nervous system, release trauma. And it's, I love it. It's like the most gentle healing modality I've experienced. Um, and so being able to integrate this into my writing framework and continue to teach it to trauma survivors. And now I'm like trying to get into bigger spaces. It's been, it just feels very like organic and it feels very natural. And I, I just want, I want this to get more, more recognized, um, in, in spaces where mental health care isn't ac accessible for everyone. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my story of how I got to become a somatic coach. It was just <laughs> through my own journey and bringing people along with me. Yeah. What a beautiful journey. And like, I, know from like your writing journey and seeing you share it's like you were always sharing vulnerably like your experiences and I imagine like that's the healing part of expressing your story expressing your truth is being able to make sense of it and have other people resonate and be like wait this is happening to me too and you're not alone and I could also see how writing could be very in the mental space and do you think that that's what led you to like the body-based um, somatic experiencing I think it's such a a beautiful compliment to writing which is very healing but do you think that that is what made you realize or was it was your own experience with somatic experiencing as experiencing that yourself yeah. So I, I believe um, when I started writing, I was doing somatic experiencing without realizing it because I, I didn't even have trauma wasn't in my vocabulary when I started therapy. Um, mm -hmm. Like, thankfully, my therapist did not ask me about my childhood, like day one, she I didn't talk about my childhood until like two years into therapy, but it was clear that I had severe childhood trauma. Um, and so when I started writing, like I did feel a lot of release from my body of uh, like trauma that I was experiencing in real time in my relationship, as well as trauma that was coming up from toxic work environments. Like there was like this huge release and relief. Um, 
I call it rage writing. Like when I would just rage write and like swear a lot at like write a letter to like an old boss and just be so mean, like well-deserved mean (laughs) meanness coming out. It just, it felt so good. And just like the, the release was just so powerful in knowing that I could cultivate that myself. Um, because when you're a trauma survivor, you don't feel like you have power. You, you are a victim. You are a victim at one point. And when you're re-traumatizing yourself, you still feel like a victim. It's hard to get out of that, like trauma vortex. You're, you are kind of like in your mind. Like I was very much not in my body because my body was protecting me. It's like, look, like what you're experiencing is repeating the past. And this is going to be really hard for your mind. So we're going to separate your mind from your body. So you can just survive now. Um, but I feel like what was happening when I was like able to like rage, write and release like trauma from my body, I was also slowly coming back to my body and starting Mm -hmm. to feel like a sense of safety, safety within my body. And that allowed me to like relieve some anxiety that was going on in my mind. So definitely it was having somatic experiencing very early on with my writing journey. Yeah. Yeah. That makes so much sense. And yeah, I love that it started with your therapist, like just write notes and then it like organically turned to like, okay, now you're expressing this rage and then like sharing your story in different mediums. And I'm a full believer that writing is making the unconscious conscious. And so I totally see like what you're saying is like, it allowed you to see um, what was going on internally and in your body. And I want to talk about the um, school that you went to for somatic experiencing. Is this um, Peter Levine's school um, who wrote uh, Waking the Tiger? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a school. So it's a, it's, it's, called Somatic Experiencing International um, or Trauma Healing International Institute. They go by okay. both. Um, and it's it's his program. It's a three-year practitioner training program. And I started doing it last January of 2021. Okay. Um, and I'm an intensive program. So this is actually taking two years instead of three. Wow. And it's very fast. I'm also in, fortunately, in a BIPOC cohort. So that's made it pretty incredible to be with people of color um, and just be able to like share our experiences of being a person of color um, yeah. in America. Um, well, it's international. So like all over the world, um, yeah. but it, it feels safe. Like I, I get to like share my experiences that I don't know where I could talk about, you know, having like adverse experience as, as an Asian American um, and having to like like relive some moments where I was like oh like I experienced that probably because I was Asian like especially Mm -hmm. like in the fashion industry like oh my gosh you know there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of like uh, racism like um, Asians are known to be submissive right so like people do take advantage of that and I saw that all the time and so it really just kind of like uh, was a was an un- unraveling of like a lot of mass that I put on to kind of yeah. not feel the pain of that. And so in that space, I was able to like also talk about it and heal it too. Um, because in these trainings, it's about um it goes for like four days, like seven, eight hours a day. And at the end of each day, you are practicing 
on Mm -hmm. each other. So you get to be a practitioner, you get to be a client and you get to be observer. And they, from day one, you do that. They like throw you in it. And then you go to in your practice session with an assistant and they're like, okay, just go, just try it. Just, just try it. And I'm just like, what? Like, I have to like, what? And that's, that's like how you learn is like Mm -hmm. by trying, trying it and seeing like how you as a practitioner using like your own style and like your own voice and your own like authenticity, how you get to help someone find awareness in their body. And so every, every person has their own style. Um, and you get to see like yourself evolve as like these trainings go on, you become more and more confident. Um, and what I love about this is that like, you're required to work on your own nervous system and your healing journey. Otherwise, like you can't be a practitioner. So like they require you to do like 12 individual sessions and be able to regulate yourself in your own session before you can even get to regulate a client. Like you have to work on your own trauma. You have to work on your own healing. Otherwise this method is not going to work because what you're doing is like, your client is going to co-regulate their nervous system with you. So if you're, if you're mm-hmm. serving and you're like, blah, like your client's also going to be like, uh, you know, dysregulated too. So I've learned mm-hmm. so much about my own nervous system, how like I respond to the world with my nervous system. Cause I'm very empathic. They call mm-hmm. it a global I alert system where like your nervous system is so sensitive. You mimic someone yeah. else's nervous system. And then it's kind of hard to know what's your system and what's their system. And so sometimes like you are kind of like projecting because you don't know what's yours and what's theirs. And so do this um, training, I'm starting to recognize like, what is my energy? What is my natural nervous system state? And so when someone comes in, I can, I can ground myself. So it can like maybe like move out of my body or like not even come in my body. Like I'm good. I'm grounded. I'm here. If you're dysregulated. Okay. I'm not going to merge my nervous system with yours. Um, so it's, it's very powerful. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, as time goes on, more people have awareness about somatic therapy. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I love what you're sharing. And I just have so many, I just see so many synergies and um, you know, my training in feminine embodiment is very similar, mm. like practicing with um, peers throughout and, and knowing it's not really a theory, it's more of like a way of being an embodiment. Yeah. And yeah, and the self practice too, it's like, I didn't realize, I think I was like, okay, I just need to do all my peer sessions. And then I looked and it was like, oh, like doing 40 of my own, like, you know, embodiment yeah. practices. And I feel like, when I did that, it was a huge shift because like you're saying, as the practitioner, you're the, the resonance that they're tapping into. And if you're not regulated, you're, you're just going to mirror that back to them. So Mm -hmm. I just have learned so much from the body and like how wise it is through this journey. And, um, yeah, we received in my program, that book, waking the tiger, um, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, has changed my life. And you talked a bit about the trauma vortex, which I remembered from that book and how, you know, if you're not aware of the trauma inside of you that you, you're automatically, like, it's very easy to just get pulled back into that vortex. And Mm -hmm. the book has a whole chart. I remember of what that looks like, but 
Um, it's just because it's like a stored pattern in the body that it already knows and it's always seeking resolution. So like you were saying, you were repeating things. And so I think once people have that awareness of trauma, it's like, it can give you so much understanding once you learn how to work with it. And I, like you, went to a regular therapist. I was like, oh, like I actually need a trauma therapist, you know, Mm -hmm. after doing that for a few years. Um, And yeah, and I just realized too that so much of this trauma is below the neck, you know, and it's like trying to work on your mindset is not going to release it. And so um, I think it's very important. I hope through your work, um, you know, and the work that we're doing is that people can have this framework. And I know that recently you gave a training for the Somatic Experiencing International using this embodied storytelling framework that you created. And so I love uh, to hear you um, explain how does this work and what are the benefits of it? Yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, that was like a crazy, like milestone career for me, career move. I was like, you really want to, you like, you want me to give a webinar? Um, it was very exciting, um, to be able to teach licensed therapists, healers and coaches, um, my framework. Um, it was very unreal. And I was like, oh, people want to learn from me. Like they want, they want new modalities to give to their clients. Um, so I have two frameworks within this process, within my writing framework process. So one is called the IPH system. It stands for inner child, present self and higher self. And I'm sure you've done this. Um, so what it is, it's incorporating internal family systems, which is a type of healing modality where you converse with all parts of yourself. All, all these parts of yourself have personalities, they have fears, they have desires, they have dreams, and it's kind of bringing them to the surface and conversing with them. So inner child are is like the part of you that's, you know, some conscious, like has these triggers that come up from patterns you experienced in your childhood. And it's learning to nurture that inner child and recognize when you have triggers that come up. Um, So I will give like a writing exercise where you can channel your inner child and learn to have an intimate relationship with that part of yourself. And P stands for present self. So I utilize tools in somatic experiencing to have the client or whoever's doing the exercise have body awareness as they are conversing with inner child. So when they're conversing with inner child, they're like, like maybe their inner child is, they want to channel their inner child and have them write to them about things that they're afraid of, like what's coming up in the body. Is it in your heart? Is it in your lungs? Is it your throat? Notice that. Um, And then higher self is what I like to say is like your future self. So who is that person that you dream to be? And when you're feeling anxious, like, and can you like write a letter of prayer to your higher self? And like, where does that feel in your body? Usually like a lot of people feel it in the heart and there's like an opening. And Mm. so learning to converse with these parts of yourself and building an intimate relationship with with these parts allows you to build a sense of self and have body awareness when when there's a trigger come up and also no resources um a lot a lot of the um the exercise I do with clients is higher self writing and so even like before we get into like writing their memoir or writing their trauma stories they'll channel their higher self it's someone that is on a stage with 
a pantsuit. It's someone that is in Times Square. They're a New York Times bestseller. And I have them like feel into the body of what it is to experience this higher version of yourself. And so oftentimes throughout their writing process, they can channel that if they're starting to feel very triggered, um, they can go to that resource as, as a guiding light to move them through their own story. So that that's an important part um, of writing is something you can include in, into like your daily practice is having conversations with your inner child and your higher self. And that's, that's exactly what I did when I was writing anonymously as Sincerely Miss Mary. I channeled a persona I named her sincerely Miss Mary and she was my higher self and Mm. this person like advocated for herself she didn't give a fuck what people thought of her she Mm. just said all the things she wanted to say and writing from that perspective which was like internal family system which is wild that I was doing that without realizing it I eventually became that person that uh, I needed to be to get myself out of um, that abusive relationship at the time. So you see lots of really like trans, you see transformations um, when I do these exercises with clients. um, And in that in that session, then in that webinar, I had the chat open and I had one woman say like, I feel like I'm falling in love with myself for the first time. Um, And it was just beautiful to to even see transformations in, in real time. So that's IPH and the embodied storytelling framework is once you're able to build these intimate relationships with yourself, you can then take one adverse experience and move through the story from your inner child to your highest self. So I do guided Mm. writing and it's kind of, it's following the story arc of like your problem, your climax, your resolution, and Mm -hmm. also looking at, looking at it from a place of pure creativity where you get to reclaim your story, say things that you never got to say, um, have your higher self come in, um, and guide you through it. And also just really like feel your emotional truths long enough to let wisdom come and speak to you. So those are, those are the two modalities and you see amazing, amazing outcomes from it. Oh, I love that so much because like you said, all those parts of us exist inside of us at once. And once you can communicate with each one and like make them feel seen, make them feel heard. And then you'll have this awareness of what part is uh, coming to light. And I think that just recently I've noticed like that, you know, internal family systems, like you're saying, like you'll hear this voice and it's like, wait, that's not me. That was like my parents growing up, like their voice that you yeah. kind of like internalize. And like, once you recognize it, um, it's just like, wait, that's actually not me. Um, and I'm a huge believer as well, that we're always moving towards our higher self. So I love that that's like part of this. It's like, okay, there's this version of you that you want to step into. What does that look like? What does this person do? And writing is a great way to connect to that piece of yourself and like get that out into the physical on the paper and mm-hmm. um, and really create these shifts. And so I'd love to hear from you of like, how have you transformed your trauma with this modality? Like your clients as well? Like how, what are some of the transformations that you have seen? Yeah, so I guess my most recent one would be my name change, yes. <laughs> Mary Katia Kuhn. So I used to go by Mary Ann Samrath. Um, yeah. That's the name I was born with. 
And uh, I started writing to Mary Ketchia-Kun January of last year. I did this like manifestation meditation where I saw myself in the future on stage. Her hands were up, like blocking the lights. And I had no idea why I was on stage, but this was like someone that just had so much confidence, had mm-hmm. her hair slicked back in a ponytail, white pantsuit, and she was just like in charge of her life. And she just was like, I, I love myself more than I care what anyone thinks of me. I'm going to be on stage. And so um, the name Mary Ketakun, so Ketia is the middle name my grandma unofficially gave me. Mm-hmm. And Kuhn is my mom's maiden name. And I'm like, I feel very spiritually connected to my grandfather. I never met him, but I always felt his spirit in my life. There has been things in my life that have happened that I, I see as, as like him doing it, you know, like some, Mm. some experience of like me getting laid off from, from a job before that place went crazy. I was like, oh, that was grandpa. Like he got me out of there. He's protecting me. Um, so the name Mary Ketchukun is it's to honor my Cambodian heritage, to honor my grandma and my grandpa. And so I started writing to her last year and, I would just get curious about her and I was just like, I don't know why you're on stage, but like, I'm so excited. I can't wait to be you. Um, And I just remember like this person that was so confident and like in love with life. I would just like be so curious about how she got there. So I would write to her like several times a week because I was not in a very good place last year. I had a lot of health issues. I was in a long distance relationship that was like very stressful. Um, and I just, I did, I, I had a, I was at a point where I just, I didn't know what I wanted to do in my business and my life, but like Mary Katia Kuhn knew, like she was on stage, she had her shit together. And so as I started writing to her like several times, a week, I started to like channel her energy and I started to feel more confidence. And I started to notice how I noticed when I had joy in my life, because that was something that was really hard for me to cultivate. I didn't know how to be happy or have fun because I just was like all about ambition. You know, sometimes ambition can be a curse when like, that's your only purpose. And you realize like, oh, okay. Like that's it. Like I need more, like I'm more than my, my ambitions and like my goals. Right. Um, and so I, I started exploring joy through Mary Ketchia-Kun, even like walking down the street and seeing like a tree, I would like hug the tree. Cause I was like, this is something that she would do. Um, and like everything just like lit up. Like I was just in a place where I was like, oh, like I get to be in joy all the time. And joy is so abundant and it's everywhere and it's like ever flowing. It's, it's, it's just exuding from, from me and, and from the, like the universe. And so like, I was just in joy. I was in this pure state of joy. And so like sitting in this like stillness and being in joy was like, having a conversation with myself, like this kind of like whisper from her, like, Hey, like you want to go back on stage. Like, I know you want to go back on stage, take that stand up class. 
Yeah. And so I did that and then I did it. So I still live in Chicago and I took it at second city, which is like famous. And a lot of like SNL people came from there. And I remember like first day in class teachers, like, all right, write something. Okay. Perform it. We're all performing it at the mic. And I was yeah. like, what? And that's how you learn. Like mm-hmm. you just like learn through like trial and error and like bombing. Um, and I just, I fell in love with the process. Um, she gave us homework. She was like, all right, now we go to an open mic this week. That's your homework. Just do it. And I'd be like, um, okay. <laughs> and so I did it and I bombed like the first time. Um, but I, I fell in love with it. Um, and I like, I've done three stand-up shows since. Um, Amazing. And uh, yeah, and I would go by Mary Ketiakun. And mm. so that's when I realized like, oh, is this why I'm on stage? Like I've been writing to this person for like a year and I did not know it was stand-up that was bringing me back on stage because that was actually like my first love as a kid. Like I wanted to be an actress. I wanted to do, yeah. I just wanted to be on stage. So like- I was like, literally like, like having an intimate relationship with my highest self. And she was like healing my inner child. My inner child was like healing my highest. It was like reaching out to my highest self. And it was like this song and dance with like all these parts of me rising to the surface in, in like my present body now. Um, so that's like my personal journey of, of transformation, just like recently writing to my future self, um, and I would say one of my clients, when we first worked together, I had a right to a future self and she had this dream to be on stage and she had a black pants suit and she was giving a speech. And I saw recently on Instagram that she went to Portugal and she was giving a speech. And I was like, oh my God, we just like, this is crazy. Like you had this dream. We did it in a session and now you're, now you're doing it. <laughs> Incredible. Oh my goodness. I resonate so much with what you're sharing. And I love the story behind your name change and like how that helped you, you know, reclaim those parts of yourself and, um, and honor, you know, what matters to you. Like we don't get to choose our name, like growing up. Right. And so it's really about saying, you know what, that's not what I'm actually about. And here's what I do want to take with me going forward. And I think that our identity and our names can play a huge part in that. And I have also recently changed my middle name, which, you know, I think is, um, yeah, I guess it's like a part of that journey as well. But I, and this is where we have so many similarities. I have also had this vision of myself on a stage. And so I followed my intuition and went to the speaker's boot camp I was invited to and while I was there just for that weekend, I realized like, oh, I'm a different person. Like the version of me before is not going to be the person that's on the stage that I see. I'm like, this is not it. So I don't even know how this came up with a group, but we were talking about like changing names. And I was like, you know, I have been thinking about it. And someone said, I think I was saying something around faith. Um, I got a tattoo of that recently. And they were like, Grace. They're like, they're like Emily Grace. And then everyone just was like saying, it. And they're like, that feels right. And I was like, that does feel right. And yeah. I think it's just a testament to the feminine aspect and like the version of myself that gives myself grace, gives yeah. others grace. Like I 
from trauma experience too, just be so hard on myself. And like Mm -hmm. you said, like identify so much with ambition and that part of myself. And I even, I think, looked up the meaning of my name a while back and Emily literally means like hardworking. And so it's like (laughs) manifestation too. Like, and so it's like, oh, we got to mix something up in there. And I feel Mm -hmm. like everything changed after that. Like I showed up differently. um, And it really like does give you permission to embody that word. And like, for you, it's joy. And I feel like the um, stand-up comedy is like so reflective of that. It's like, this is such a way of um, embodying your joy and play and sharing your message too. And like what you want to take forward. And I think with trauma work, it's like, you need that inner child work. You need Mm -hmm. the play. It can get so heavy at times. And Mm -hmm. um, actually in this training that I'm in a speaking um, coaching program, we each got little stuffed animals that like represent our inner child. And so, you know, like holding it and um, that's just been so healing. So um, I would love to hear like, you know, your perspective on you've written, um, you've created this program, Write and Release. And this is a trauma-informed wellness writing program for schools. And I love the mission behind that. And I would love for you to share a bit more about what is this program and how is it um, being impacted and, and taught in schools? Yeah, so uh, I created this program because uh, I really wanted to help shape the next generation of leaders. And uh, in my experience, like I had, you know, a very stable, up- financially stable upbringing, emotionally stable, not so much. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like I was very privileged um, growing up in the white suburbs of Chicago. Yet I went and I went to college, you know, I got to study abroad. Um, I went into adulthood. There was so much chaos. There was so much chaos. And And what I needed was like tools to get through the chaos, tools to advocate for myself, tools to learn how to create coping healthy skills instead of like drinking my Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sundays, every weekend away to cope with like the emotional, like trauma that I was going through in the fashion industry. And so I, I created something that I knew like I would have benefited from as a kid learning how to regulate my emotions and nervous system from a very young age. And like, teachers have the most greatest influence over a kid's life. I have a lot of mm. um, like two, two of my closest friends are teachers and they are such like badass, like influential figures for their kids. They have a great relationship with their kids. And I, I just see how, like how teachers are so undervalued in America and how the education system is like, it's in trouble. Like teachers are quitting left and right. The retention rate is really, really bad. Like I think there, I saw statistics, like 94% of teachers are wanting mental health and behavioral support for their Mm. students and they're not getting it. And so I wanted to bring tools for teachers in the same way that I have gotten my training in somatic experiencing where like, they make sure like you have to fill your cup. You have to know yourself before you can serve others. I want to give that to teachers as well. So I'll be teaching them the IPH and embodied storytelling 
um, frameworks that I've taught to um, licensed therapists and coaches with um, through the lens of education and how Mm. to integrate that tools into the classroom for their students to build a daily habit and to create healthy coping mechanisms because the pandemic um, has really made kids behind socially and emotionally and academically and stress like decreases your EQ by like 15 points. And so a lot of kids right now are, are behind. And so giving these tools to teachers to then be able to teach them to students and have it help them create a lifestyle where they can be advocates for their own lives starting at a young age they'll be able to get to a place in adulthood where they can advocate for themselves. I'm just like, yeah, like if I, if I learned these tools as a kid in in high school, like this would have prevented me from like being taken advantage of in the fashion industry, like over and over again and by other people. So like, I want to like teach tools to build emotional advocacy to teachers and, and to students. And also like, this is also um, healthcare equity because I've, I don't know about you, but I've spent tens of thousands of dollars on trauma recovery therapy. I've spent so much money. I'm very privileged to be able to do that. Um, And my framework incorporates somatic experiencing and and somatic internal family systems using the the vessel of writing as, as a way to integrate like these tools so kids will be able to leave with something tangible that they can use to regulate their emotions and nervous system. So like, I want this to be accessible for, for everyone because it's, it's almost like mental health care is like a privilege, basically. Like mm-hmm. everyone's like, work on your mental health, go to therapy, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, it's thousands of dollars. Yeah. Like, how are people going to afford this? So this is like my part on like creating something that can be easily taught to teachers and to students. These are tools that if they don't have access to therapy yet, but they these are tools that they can use every single day to build a sense of self and have body, mind-body awareness so they can be able to get through adversity, which is not like avoiding it, but like sitting through it with your uncomfortable emotions and being able to know that you can get through those uncomfortable emotions and still like have a strong sense of self and able and navigate adversity. I think that's a powerful, you know, experience for, for these kids to have is like, know that they can handle anything that comes their way. So that's, that's my hope. It's beautiful. And like you said, it's not even just benefiting the kids. It's like the teachers too, like they don't have the tools to support with kids moving through post pandemic and, you know, and what that means. And it's really integrated with a school curriculum of like writing and like, I don't know, you know, I think that could awaken kids to their passion for writing. Like as a writer myself, I was like, I didn't really like a lot of the writing classes in school. And I actually Mm -hmm. didn't really do well because I felt like they were like study this thing and then write about it where it's like, what about like looking within and like expressing what has to come through? So yeah. I love this mission of yours and um, and making it accessible. Like you said too, there's so many kids and families that don't have access to therapy and, and somatic experiencing. Like, I don't think they even have um, the awareness of that tool that I think is going to be crucial moving forward in today's yeah. society of like- Definitely 
talk therapy is just not going to be enough. Um, and to be really navigating change and uncertainty, you have to feel safe in your body. And so I love that you have created this and that you're impacting um, the next generation that way too. And um, I would love to know what is next for you and yeah, what are you excited about in this this um, transformation that you're providing through your programs? Yeah, I'm I'm just excited to teach my modalities to school systems and see the transformations happen. And uh, I I just want I just want to help kids and I want to help teachers and I'm excited for that transformation. And I have this crazy goal to get this taught to 100 school districts by 2025 and like grow that. my team. Um, and I can do it. I know I can do it. And so like, this is the year where like, I, and I'm also like, I'm doing this national too. So I, cause I could do this virtually. So I want to like, yeah. see like where, where this, like where I can tr- like teach my trainings, um, across the U S maybe even globally too. Um, but I just want to be able to see, this explode and like be known that like, Hey, like you can use writing as a tool for healing. Um, and it works. Like I've seen it work. I've seen the transformation and like seeing the impact it has on kids and helping them build a sense of self now before society gets loud and tells them yeah. how not to be and what not to do. Like, I they, know. yeah, like they can learn that they, they are enough now. Um, and also, I think this is like an also like a new something like teaching leaders how to be trauma-informed is also yes. something that I think is important oh, and that God. everyone wants Maybe. right now and they don't even know how, right? So like being um, a facilitator for trauma-informed leaders is something that I'm pushing as well. And maybe yeah. that looks like, um, well, I will be meeting with a house of representative in my, in my state in a month. So cool. we'll see if I can write some bills, I love <laughs> like that. get that passed. But yeah, like working with legislators, um, and like maybe after the education system, I work on that. I can like work on the healthcare system and like hospitals. This um, is societal yeah. change, and I'm the same way as you, Mary. I think like going through a trauma-informed program and, you know, applying this in my life, like when I'm in a scenario or situation when someone is not approaching it through that lens, like I have to really like regulate myself and be like, do not freak out. Do not like, cause I like, it just like, is just this um, awareness of like the safety that you create around. And like so many people in our society have experienced trauma. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm not the only one that feels this way. And I think your story is so empowering to my listener who feels like they've gone through trauma. They don't know um, how can they, you know, how can they process it and move forward and step into their highest self. And it's a really accessible way to learn from um, this perspective that you're sharing and you're teaching of like somatic experiencing and writing to then, you know, embody that on your own. I think it's a very empowering modality that you have created um that people can can do it because I think a lot of therapy models like people think okay I I need to always like work with a therapist and I feel like that model has been a bit disempowering too where that's why I really like the body-based work because it's like your body is leading the session and leading the experience like I'm not telling 
you what to do and um it's more authentic and just works better. Yeah, definitely. I I feel like we're all kind of returning to ourselves when we return to our bodies and we listen to the wisdom that it has to say, because there's so much of it, even if you've experienced a lot of trauma, like we both have, there's still so much wisdom that it wants to share with us when, when we learn to listen. Oh, so beautiful, Mary. And where can my listener find you online? Yeah. So you can find me on Sincerely Miss Mary on Instagram. I'm also on TikTok and you can go to my website, www.sincerelymissmary.com slash write and release. If you are a teacher or administrator principal, you want this, bring this to your school. You can check out details on how to do that. Yay. Amazing. So I will link that in the show notes and thank you so much, Mary, for coming on and sharing your wisdom and your impact with us. And I hope this inspires you, my listener, to look inside yourself and know that there's a way to express and um, and move through this trauma that is really, really wise and do this through writing. Um, and yeah, and that there's a chance to transform it this way. It's not your identity and you get to create your own identity moving forward. So thank you for sharing your story with us, Mary. Thank you.